This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Neitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz. And catch him on ESPN 1000 down in Chicago. He is Jonathan Hood. <laughs> what are you guys chuckling at? Oh, no. We're just excited to be on. Yeah. Babe. <laughs> Lead us through. We're just excited. All right. All right. Here we go. Uh, the biggest thing going on in professional wrestling last Friday night, almost a week ago, on Friday night SmackDown, a huge number popped for the final segment of Friday night SmackDown. Of course, celebrating the tribal chief. The tribal chief, Roman Reigns. There we go. The tribal chief, Roman or, Reigns, or, or celebrating... Or Yes, or signs that you see in the arena says tribal queef. We've seen that as well. <laughs> yes. Yep. Wordplay there. He was he was celebrating his 1,000th day plus of being a champion in WWE. Triple H presented him with a new championship belt. It was interrupted by the Usos. Eventually, Jimmy was then betrayed by his brother, Solo Sokoa, as he took the Samoan spike. Jay is expected to fall in line. But after the big number that was popped... And now we're starting to build momentum towards yet another bloodline storyline. Does the bloodline story, a thousand plus days into it, still have juice? Yes, sir. It does still have juice because there's still so many angles and there might be more Samoans coming. That's the other thing, too. Maybe inside the family. Maybe not. Maybe not inside the family. I just think that just what's happening right now with Heyman and Solo Sokoa, just the way that ended, and that's why SmackDown has such a great number, guys, is because people are just intrigued exactly what was going to go on there. And so now I can't wait for this upcoming Friday to find out how Jimmy and Jay respond to Roman. And this just is ongoing. It's the best that we've ever seen in wrestling. It really is when it comes to storyline. So yes, it still has juice. As long as Solo Sokoa on the side of Roman today, but what about tomorrow? <laughs> what about Paul Heyman? What side is he on? We still, we know he's on the side of the tribal chief, but what else, right? It's just very, very interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy seeing the numbers. You mentioned, like, the SmackDown. That quarter hour doing $3 million. Their YouTube is oh. blowing up. There's a playlist right now. It's called The Rise and Fall of the Bloodline. It's 105 minutes of Bloodline content, over a million views in less than a week on that playlist. Ooh. So, like, people Man. are still consuming it, which is crazy, especially considering, you know, the way Mania was and the Sammy stuff. To me, the Sammy stuff is the part that really has nothing left. Like, anytime him and KO are talking bloodline, I was like, we don't need this anymore. Like, KO sort of jokes about it. I was like, hey, we're done with them. There is still some stuff there where maybe I haven't been as into it the last month or so, but Friday definitely pulled me back in. It's getting tougher in, in with, Sam, with the Sammy part no longer being associated with it. When Sammy was there, it was easier to invest in the bloodline when Roman wasn't there. So really, there's not much there unless Roman has, happens to be present, which makes me wonder how much after the summer of Roman, because they released a schedule, was that last week, two weeks ago, where they released all the dates that Roman Reigns is going to be present for WWE events, a couple of live shows, and, and you know whether it's SmackDown, whether it's the premium live events. After we get to that, after we hit football season, and we probably don't see Roman until Survivor Series-ish, I wonder where the Bloodline story is going to be and if they can find a way to continue to extend it to the next time that Roman's around. Because like, like you said, J-Hood, there, there are plenty of stories to tell within the Bloodline. I mean, you could have 
I'm, I'm curious to see what Jay does. Is he going to stand by his brother? Is he going to go to the tribal chief? I mean, they're, they're almost going back even to what it was at the beginning when Jimmy and Jay were just getting to be a part of it, but it's been such a long time and now it's a different, fresh perspective. They're, they're still rolling with this thing, but Roman has to be around. That's the only difference I would say for me this year versus last year at this time. You know, we've heard over the past that if you're going to write a book or a movie, you start from the beginning and then write the end and then try to fill in the middle. I wonder, is there an ending to this? I'd like to know, like, if it's written in a book, for instance, right? right. Here we're going to go week by week. Here's this guy, here's how it's going to go. Everyone stays healthy. Here's how it's going to go. I wonder, is there an ending? Is there a period at the end of the sentence with this? Because Roman is still the champion. No one's going to take that championship off. It's almost like a legacy championship now, bro. It's, that's what it is. It's like, you know what? You're never going to lose this. We can't find contenders. Carry this legacy championship because Seth apparently is the real champion, I guess, right? And so I just wonder, is there a period? Like, how does this all end? Because without it, I wonder what the WWE would be. Yeah, and that's the thing. I don't think they have an ending right now. I think WWE is very, you know, fly by the seat of their pants. But, like, the world title part is the interesting thing because they're still going to continue to tell this story. We talked last week who takes the belt off. SummerSlam-ish, it's not going to be Solo or an Uso winning a title. So that means he's going to continue to be the world champion and continue to go through the summer. And then it, the only way you work it out where he drops the title is a random match at a random show, and you lose all the luster of him eventually getting pinned. Well, it kind of seems like Cody is still on the short list of being somebody, not right now, but he's somebody who could eventually take off the championship off of Roman Reigns. Like he's he's the only one I have on the short list. That's what they're trying to do with this buildup of him and Brock Lesnar. You know, as they continue to build towards the third in rubber match in that series, they're trying to rebuild him up and continue to just kind of push him to be that guy that can defeat Roman Reigns. Like he's he's the only one I have on the short list of people who could potentially beat Roman, and I still don't know if that's going to be the guy, because you always know, you always know if they do it at a WrestleMania, they probably, it's going to be a last minute decision to take it off of them at a mania because they're going to hold out hope for as long as they can, that they can get Dwayne versus Roman to main event WrestleMania. Well, you talk about dropping the title. Would you be disappointed if he drops it in a random money in the bank cash in solo and the Usos turn on him. He's laid out. Person X has the briefcase. They come out, pin him, and that's how the run ends. Depends upon who it is. Wow, you want L you want LA Knight to beat Roman Reigns? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me talk to you. Close your eyes, ladies and gentlemen. Close your eyes. Listen to LA Knight talk. You'll hear Stone Cold and Rock at the same time. How does he do that? It's that really, it's it's impressive. To it, be able to imitate two people at the same time, Frank Kellyendo is jealous. <laughs> it's amazing. Here's something that three of here's a new wrinkle that the three of us have not talked about, and the GKW Galaxy has not talked about, and that is the way Roman Reigns is continuing to be this Universal Champion. So, the WWE is putting him in a position where he's going to be the greatest champion of all time. Mm -hmm. That deserved. Where is he in merch? See, is is he as popular as say Steve Austin or John Cena? As popular, more popular. Like I, I don't know the merch numbers, bro. It's maybe you have it. I don't know how much merchandise that the Bloodline, Usos, or Roman Reigns is making. 
Again, a part-time champion just like Brock Lesnar was. So more popular than Hogan in his prime, in his prime, more than than Austin, more than Rock, more than Cena, to the point where because we see that that great video they had, right? They went through all the champions. And it's just like, oh, Pat O'Connor. Oh, look, it's Bruno San Martino. Oh, Pedro, like all these guys, right? Roman's gonna surpass all those guys, and they do it based on a storyline more so than in ring. Is that is that where they're going with this? Greater than Flair. Greater than well, Flair, I mean, Flair, Flair's not a WWE guy. Like, he's just right. not. Like, Flair's legacy is not within WWE. Like, some of it was WCW, a lot of it was NWA, and I understand a lot of that history has been folded into WWE, but, like, oh, well, hold on. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, Hogan well, Hogan was the WWE guy. Like, that, that's, that's the, I guess that's the way I look at it. I don't know if that's the right or wrong way to look at it, but I guess that's, when you start talking about WWE graded, like, Ric Flair is one of, if not the best professional wrestler of all time. He's probably not on WWE's Mount Rushmore. Okay, so let's talk about Roman, how you and I talk about Jokic, right? Like, let's, let's bring it to the <laughs> NBA, right. right? The whole thing of where is Jokic amongst the best centers? Because that's the conversation, right? Yep. Is he a great player? Is he? The, we did the the um, the uh, topic this morning about whether or not Jokic could be the face of the NBA. I'm sure you've talked about that in Milwaukee as well, right? And yeah. so, and so. So is that the same thing with Roman? So if Jokic is Jokic the best center uh, in the top five, and we determined maybe top ten, maybe top five. Okay, not a shot blocker and not really great defensively, but he does everything else well. Well, same thing with Roman in this regard, right? So Roman does he deserve to be on that Mount Rushmore because he continues to hold the championship, bro? It's, I mean, is that where we're going? Strong, so stronger than Sean and Brett has he surpassed them? Just like just like Jokic is a pass, Ewing. <laughs> like, is that what's happened here? The, the the problem, I guess, I would have with it is when you start bringing up those champions of old, and and it gets lighter and lighter as you go on, right? Like Hogan didn't defend it as much as Bruno San Martino did. Like, um, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock didn't defend it as much as Hulk Hogan did. I mean, they were also hot potatoing it in right. the '90s during the Stone Cold era, anyways. But Hogan, Roman's not. Yeah, Hogan defended it more than Bruno. Okay. Only because Hogan's on the road for three hundred and sixty-five days a year, and Bruno, remember, he was. It's like what you said, which was the one of the greatest comments of the show's history. You said that Bruno was like the AFL. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So they're yeah. just Northeast championship. Is this Northeast, you know, wrestling pretty much? Holden was global. Yeah. But the thing with the Roman run is like a lot of it even feels like, okay, we got to beat Punk's record. Like he needs to be erased. And he was what, two years? Yeah, I think he was like he... 900 days or something. Yeah, he got close to it. He got close to a thousand. He, he, he didn't get quite get to two, two, uh, two years. Okay. Right. So where is he? I, I mean, this like storyline. This storyline has been one of the best storylines ever told, in my recollection of of WWE fandom. Correct. And the, the problem that you have, my guess is his merchandise numbers. Again, just because wrestling was different in the eighties and nineties in terms of its more universal acceptance and popularity versus now. Right. Like, I mean, the Monday Night Wars, like everybody, everybody had an Austin 316 T-shirt or a Broken Skull T-shirt or a Brava Bowl T-shirt or an NWO T-shirt. Like everybody had all that merch in the 90s. I can't imagine you're pushing that type of merchandise the way you did back then. I, if I had to guess, 
I, and, and this is just a guess. I have no idea. I, I can maybe try to look this up as we go. My guess is his numbers are probably similar to what Cena's were when Cena was wrestling The Rock and, you know, The Rock was calling him Fruity Pebble Boy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that could be. That could be. That, that, that's what I'm just trying to figure out. Like, if they're going to have him continue to be the champion, they're going to try to make him the greatest of all time. And I'm like, if he, yeah, it's days holding the championship, but is will he be one of the greatest? Is one of the greatest storylines I've seen. He's defeated a lot of opponents. He had a lot of when he does wrestle. He's had a lot of really memorable, fun matches. Great matches, hit or miss. Yes, but that's the thing I'm wondering about. Because I I want to relate that to Jokic because it's just fresh in my mind because we talked about it this morning. Like, like is, is Jokic one of the all time greats if he wins a championship? You know that kind of thing. And so, I look forward to seeing how because it seems to me that they're putting the workhorse championship on Seth. Like he's more the champion than Seth than uh, Roman is. That's based on how things are being booked lately. Yeah, but like. <laughs> That still has the secondary championship feel, A, because AJ said it. B, I was reading an interview that Seth did recently where he was like, yeah, we had to create this because, you know, he, he gave the excuse of, well, our roster so stacked and we can't just have one part-time champion, so we needed to have another champion. That's why we created this. But <laughs> you, you, did, like, you created a championship out of thin air. It's going to take at least me a little bit of time to completely accept this championship as being one that is, you know, head and shoulders above the IC or the U S title above the tech, you know, it's just, there, there's no context to it other than, well, we really don't know how to take it off Roman. So here you go, Seth, have fun. And that's why, because of that, because they were booked themselves in the corner. Like that's why I don't see this ending until WrestleMania 40, because one, like you said, Gabe, there still is that hope. Hey, will Dwayne be there? Can we put the belt on Dwayne for a week? And two, they don't have any other way around this. Like, I don't think they're going to use money in the bank on, on Roman. Like, they're going to use it on Seth. Like, they don't have an ending to this right now, for better or worse. Because, like, we still got in those great moments, but also they're sort of stuck at times where it's like, all right, let, let's keep this moving now, guys. <laughs> Speaking of the championship, when it was unveiled to Roman, Roman, you know, he saw the championship, and he was kind of like, huh? <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think he liked it at first. It was he had. A, he made a face. I don't know if he saw it beforehand, but it was kind of like, oh, it's a championship, but it's just gold. Oh, <laughs> okay, great, thanks. Another championship. <laughs> are, by Paul, the way, are we, are we Paul's standing in the background with both. Like Paul's been back with the other two. Your dream was coming true of Paul just like having to lug both around. Uh, My tribal chief. What about Jay? <laughs> Are we thumbs up or thumbs down on the belt, by the way, the new championship? Um, I like it. I like it more than the Universal Championship, or excuse me, the um, the heavyweight championship they put out. Yeah, thumbs in the middle. Yeah, I'm just, it's just sort of eh. Like, nothing like too special. No, so I mean, it's know? it's the exact, yeah. it's just different colors and right. has one different word on it, right? Like it right. says undisputed instead of universal. It's basically the same as the other two he's already holding. I give them credit for not going down the spinner route. You know, I could have seen them doing that for some reason. <laughs> I just like the idea that they're just never going to wait, going to get away from that model. It's the same <laughs> logo in the middle and pretty much the same title. Well, reportedly, but- we're going to see women's titles soon. They're going to drop the words Raw and SmackDown from the women's titles. I know it's crazy. I saw those reports out there. They might be getting new belts there. What? But I, I understand why they decided to go this route. You know, for anybody that was hoping that the winged belt would come back from the 90s, you know, like... They get too much marketing. 
from sending one of those belts to every championship team that you see on every single championship parade. Like every championship parade, there's somebody holding that WWE championship belt. And guess what you can't do with the, 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 the winged belt from the 90s? Like the WWF was way too small on that bad boy to be a marketing tool the way it is now. But you've got two belts now. So Cody can have the wing belt and they can send the, the Seth belt and do it that way. So the bloodline storyline still has juice. Lots of juice. Plenty Thank of you. juice. Mm-hmm. We move on. Yeah, we, we touched on a lot of different things there. <laughs> the other top three storylines going on in the world of professional wrestling, we'd like to call it our three counts. Broitz, what do we have at number one? All right. We don't know where the Roman world title is going, but some other wrestling world titles. Seth Rollins defended the world heavyweight title against Damian Priest on Monday. Raw ends with him and Finn Balor face-to-face. In AEW, MJF and Adam Cole will have an eliminator match next week on Dynamite. So which world title storyline has better potential, MJF and Cole or Rollins and Balor? I am disappointed they're doing an eliminator match. Like I, 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 I like the promo. I like the promo that those two had. Like, I'm like, okay, all right. What are we going to do this match? I'm all in on it. And then all of a sudden, like just buried in there with a thousand other matches that Excalibur had to try to quickly get in like, Oh, next week is going to be an eliminator match. Like, Oh, so he has to win. So this all could just come to a crashing halt next week. Like you got me excited. Like no, if 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 MJF if MJF has his shoulders pinned down to the mat one two three, I want him to lose the damn title. I don't want it to be to oh now you get your opportunity. That's such WWE booking, and I hate it when AEW has done these these eliminator matches. So that that honestly cooled me after being so excited after the Cole MJF promo. Maybe it's just my patience or lack thereof. But can MJF do a promo without mentioning the WWE? <laughs> God almighty, man. Like, so you're going to bite off of Adam Cole's promo that he had in NXT. Yep. You're, go- you're going to bite off this internet rumor that Adam Cole was going to be the manager for um, Keith for, Lee. For, for Keith Lee. What? what I mean, so and, and by the way, nice insider thing, but Colorado Springs didn't get half of that. Nope. And that, and that was a kind of a in you know for a, a D town and it's kind of an insider crowd. They even didn't even get that line. It's kind of like, can he just do a promo just cutting down Adam Cole? It's talk the CCW stuff. Okay, that's fine. That's it's background. But then you're talking about him, you're talking about like go after Brit. That's fine. I had no problem with that. But just the inside stuff, it's just like, dude, you're not original when you're just utilizing all the internet stuff and all the insider stuff because you're only talking to that much of the audience, quite frankly. You are. Yeah. yeah I mean, that, that family of four that's going there that are really WWE people that are coming to AEW because they're, you know, that they came to your backyard, they came to their, you know, hometown. They don't know half the stuff he's talking about. It's just, it's just weird. Uh, MJF and Cole is the match I'm looking forward to because this is going to help build MJF, quite frankly. You got a veteran in Cole, and you know it's going to be a banger, and MJF's going to come out on top. So I really think that that helps MJF in that in that situation. Well, that's the thing. I wonder, I agree with you, Gabe. I hate the Eliminator thing because a lot of times when they've used this Eliminator thing, it's just to throw in a random, you know, mid-quarter that's not really in the world title picture. Like, it, yeah. hey, Dante Martin's going to compete for the world title in an Eliminator match. 
Yeah, it, there's there's no storyline, right? They just like right. needed the champ to be on TV, and they're like, oh, and because it's the champ, they decide to throw some stakes on it. You know what's going to happen. You just know it's going to be a good match. But you y- you got me invested because right. I I I guess I mean some of the MJF stuff for me yesterday was. Like I kind of forgotten about him. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Those things did happen. I really liked the Adam the way Adam Cole bounced back from it and and yes. like fired back at him. Like it was just great to see him be in a meaningful storyline as he continues to build his redemption story, coming back from the injuries and things that he was suffering from. But to throw it in an eliminator match again, like so, it, I want this feud to continue. But in order for it to continue, MJF has to lose. So is he going to lose via countout? Is he going to is Cole going to piss him off and MJF is going to disqualify him because if he gets his match if he gets his shoulders pinned to the mat I'm going to be pissed off because when the champ gets his shoulders pinned down I want that champ to lose his belt. Yeah, that's so, the thing. I feel like either of them losing really hurts them. Like even Cole losing in that situation like it hurts his momentum. It almost feels like this is an overcorrection to the last world title feud where we got that great promo and they stretched it out over two months to the point where it's like you know what? This really shouldn't main event our pay-per-view right now. So this, they're overcorrecting. Like, all right, next week you get an eliminator match and you're probably going to get a second match also. And I don't think this really works either. Also, will that matchup be against the NBA final, the Stanley Cup final? I have no idea because that's kind of a waste too, even though they did a good number. Yeah. on, they did a good number uh, on Wednesday. Let's I go would... to the center of the sports universe, South Florida, <laughs> shall we? What's the schedule for the NBA and Stanley Cup Finals? There's well, not like get... a soccer match going on. Like Messi's not going to be making his debut no. next Wednesday, is he? No, no, Messi's not here yet. NBA Game 7 will be Sunday night, but, you know, Heat will win in six, so we're good there. Panthers Game 7, they got to do some winning there, I believe, Monday. So we're clear on Wednesday. No sports on Wednesday. Time for me to catch back up on some TV shows. My apologies to my wife these last two months well you can understand like i know it's a bastion of great sports action down there you haven't been able to watch regular programming since uh what maybe march madness before march madness yeah i understand it's been a uh she's been a sports widow uh, for a long time here so i completely understand uh so i guess i I think that's what it'd be for me so there's an option here go ahead i'm sorry well, I, so I, I like Rollins and Finn because the way the way they wrestled the match with Damian and doing the buckle bomb, but on the barricade, because that's how Finn got hurt was the buckle bomb. And, you know, Rollins pointed to the shoulder that he hurts when Finn had to surrender that championship. And like that, again, it's it's a small niche, th- very niche thing, right? Yeah. Very much like MJF stuff. But if you've been paying attention to WWE, Hunter, because I know they that that that's not Vince storytelling. Hunter is allowing these guys to recall some things from the past, which get me a little bit excited. So I am looking forward if they keep dropping these Easter eggs and allow some long-term storytelling between Rollins and Finn, I can get behind that. I'm just saying that MJF and Cole is a fresh ma- a fresh match. That's what mm-hmm. I mean. That that's why I'm looking forward to it the most. And I think that this will make MJF even more beating a veteran like Adam Cole. It won't hurt Adam Cole because he's still a top five baby face in that company. That's kind of how I look at it. Like I'm not, and here's the thing. This is not casting any aspersions on Rollins and Finn because you know that's going to be an excellent matchup, but I've seen it before. Yeah. And so that that's that's my only deal with that. And, and, so, and the other point I was just going to make is, is that, so this is setting up for Forbidden Door, correct? At the end of the month, that's what's, this is going to be the matchup? I guess I maybe I, I honestly don't know because I don't know what 
the plans for Punk were last year for Forbidden Door before he got hurt. They ended up having a New Japan versus AEW matchup for the AEW Heavyweight Championship at this pay-per-view last year. But I don't. I, I honestly don't know what their plans are now that they have a healthy champion going into Forbidden Door. I just ask because if that's where they're going, you don't have to have a match for me. Just build Correct. it up for a few weeks and get to Forbidden Door if that's where they're going. And I don't know the answer to that. I have no idea. I mean, MJF's been dropping that little stuff. Like he called New Japan an indie fed. So like he's almost sort of dropping those breadcrumbs to where you know he has to face someone. But I don't know if they need that. Ooh, I love. I, yeah, I don't know. Catch what? Continue to check in with Good Karma Wrestling. We'll tell you who. We'll come up with some options. <laughs> we'll know who. Yeah. So I, I guess I just trust. I, I trust the storytelling aspect of Rollins Finn at this point more than MJF Cole because they decided to announce the Eliminator match right away. So I, I just don't have I I don't have trust in in MJF right now in the MJF storylines that they're trying to tell. And I, I don't know if that's through any fault of his own. I don't know how much input he has in that. We know Brian Danielson has been having input in AEW storylines, but I, I don't know if if this is one he's been involved with. But right now, the MJF stories they've told have had a lot of potential, but just have not completely cashed in. I'm laughing at that part of the promo for MJF when he brought up like Adam Cole's time in Ring of Honor and the fans booed. They're yeah. like, you don't know Ring of Honor? Well, no, they wouldn't know Ring of Honor because Ring of Honor has never been to Colorado Springs <laughs> until now. <laughs> but also him being also him being like, yeah, no, I don't like it either. Like, that was just, you know, it's just you know a great part of the promo. Like, you know, when at Ring of Honor, he's looking for a pop there and they're like, right. boo. Yeah. Like, you don't know what Ring of Honor is? <laughs> I hate it too. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Number two, Brian. Sad news in the wrestling world. Yesterday, WWE Hall of Famer, the Iron Sheik, passing away at the age of 81. The 2005 Hall of Famer lost the title to Hogan at Madison Square Garden in 1983. So, in honor of Sheiky Baby, who is the top heel in wrestling right now? <sighs> like... Iron Sheik. So, Gabe, you got to love this, man. This is a Michael Hayes story. You might have seen this. Michael Hayes is in the same room with Vince McMahon. And he says, I need you to call Iron Sheik in here, baby. Bring him in. And Sheik says, uh, hey, boss, hey, whatever you need. Tell me, tell me, Iron Sheik, you know, I'm the I'm the guy, Iron Sheik. He goes, Sheik, goddamn, pal, I've got some news for you. Uh, we got your piss test back, and, well, it was positive. Thank you. I knew it would be positive. The Iron Sheik is clean. He's clean, baby. He's clean. He's the Iron He goes, no, 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 pal. Hold on a second. I said... Your test is positive. That's bad. Huh? <laughs> she thought that he passed his piss test. It was filled with marijuana and drugs. <laughs> he, thought, he thought positive meant good. <laughs> McMahon had to explain oh, to him that man. you're suspended for 30 days. And I love... I love how Sheik, he he kept himself relevant the last what, decade plus because of his Twitter presence and, yeah. you know, he, Obviously, like he wasn't posting old matches. He just responded to people, right? Like he's just responding in all caps and it'd be hilarious stuff, just calling people jabronis. And, you know, so if you were, if you wanted to know more about him, oh, Iron Sheik, you can go look on YouTube or, you know, go through the WWE network, keeping himself relevant. Um, in terms of the answer of this question, who's the top heel in wrestling right now? I mean, it's one of two options, right? Like two of the guys that we've spent some time already talking about on the show. 
It's either, I mean, they're the champions of their respective companies, the two biggest companies. It's either MJF or it's Roman Reigns. And Roman just had one of his brothers turn on the other brother. He just had one of his dudes give a Samoan spike to his actual blood brother, Roman Reigns, top heel in professional wrestling. There's no doubt about it. That that goes to MJF because he wants to be. You have a generation of wrestlers that we watch today that don't want to get booed. And they don't realize that the money is being a heel. You have more fun being a heel. You call the match when you're a heel. A lot of people don't know that. Like baby faces aren't calling that. The heels are calling the match, especially experienced heels. They call the match. That if you see the ebb and flow of a match, that's because the heel is doing that. It's because he wants to. So there is a difference between an MJF heel that wants the heat, uh, or Don Callis, who's getting right up there, right there, who wants the heat, or a cool heel like Roman Reigns and the bloodline. There's a difference. But see, that's the crazy thing. Like, I don't have either of them. Like, you talk about being the heel, generating that heat. Those two still get cheered from time to time. Wait, so, wait. You're, are you going to say Dom Dom? I am. Like, that is, like, legit heat for Dom Dom. Like, he is so hated right now. Like, <laughs> hoods out of here. Peace, dude. <laughs> it's definitely Dom Dom. Like, oh. do you hear the reactions to a WWE-based storyline? Like, it doesn't even make sense why the fans hate him that much. Three quarters like, of the arena is piped in booze. No, I think that's real. Every every night? Yeah, Dom Dom is hated right now. Like, it, They have done an unbelievable job at developing him into a legit heel. There are no cheers when it comes to good old Dom Dom. Yeah, but I, I guess I don't give credit for, to Dominic. I, it, look, look, and I don't want to give, I don't want to like undercut him completely yeah. because he has done a lot of good things. Yes. I feel, and it's such an odd dynamic because Rhea gets cheers. Yeah. You know, like Rhea gets cheers, but Rhea is also the one putting him over as like this giant heel. Yes. It's, it's such a complicated <laughs> dynamic um, that I just can't quite seem to figure out uh, in terms of the audience reaction. Cause everybody, absolutely loves Rhea Ripley but like you just get to the duh in Dominic and the crowd does start booing like yes. and duh, boo, boo. like he certainly gets those reactions but yeah I, I I don't know like I, I guess I lean towards more of the like I, I've got I've got the BCC before I've got Dom like with what but Brian Danielson does. All the time. those guys aren't real heels they're Brian not. Danielson's been coming out of the heel side of the locker yeah. of the of the tunnel the entire time the BCC's been together. Even when the rest of them were coming out of the baby safe face side. <laughs> Brian Wheeler Danielson loves those guys. Wheeler needs a leash. Yeah, yeah Wheeler Wheeler's unhinged. He's out of control. I don't know what happened to him. He's I, I, you see him Wednesday. I don't know yeah. what happened. To him. Like he is. Well, I think I know what happened to him. Brian Danielson got to him. Yes, that's, that's uh -huh. he's out of out of control. But again, okay. So the character heel Dom is getting. I saw Monday Night Raw. Same thing. He got booed, right? But again, I'm watching the crowd in Hartford. It's like everyone's just kind of sitting there. I'm like, well, where are those boos coming from? Upper deck. <laughs> See, I, like, like the Don Callis thing from a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, genuine heat, genuine heat. Yeah, but and that's like, I do think Callis is going there. And like, the more Kenny comes out there, and the Takeshita stuff in Japanese, like, I think that's adding to it. Also, like, I put those guys on the list as well right now. That whole Japanese thing—that's old school, right there. It's You're crazy that like that still works, but it does. Uh -huh. <laughs> 
Hey. Look, <laughs> hey, WWE is doing it right now, too, with Asuka, and it makes me uncomfortable. Like, leaning on xenophobia <laughs> to get heat is just – Makes me uncomfortable in 2023. I'm just going. I just, I just want to put that out there. R a s s l i n. That's wrestling. <laughs> that's what it is, man. I mean, in 2023, put a Japanese guy on the mic and boo him just because he's Japanese. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, that's the only reason why they give him the mic. Like, you don't speak English. You take the mic. Like, oh man, like that. That's as old as the hills. That's yeah. an old trick there. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, that's the thing, though. Like, just for me, though, like, when it comes to MJF and Roman, like, they're too cool of a heel. Like, MJF still plays in this stuff, still gets the cheers here and there. Roman, the same boat. Like, for me, with Roman as a heel, like, the fact that he does the catchphrase stuff, like, he's still, you know, we're all the ones, acknowledge me. Like, the crowd's going along with that. Like, that's not a heel to me. That's a cool heel. Yeah. What was the, what was the NWO? Cool heels, right? Yep, cool heels. Okay. But I feel like they were at least, I guess they did the catchphrase thing also. Yeah, I'll be especially with um, Scott Hall. You couldn't yeah. if, if if you didn't have one in the '90s, you weren't surviving in pro wrestling. Uh, that's so true. <laughs> you you had it. to have one. <laughs> How else are you selling merch? That that boy, that's gospel right there. That's true. <laughs> if you didn't have a catchphrase back then, for some kid to put it on a sign and yep. put it up, you know, with the, a thousand other signs in the arena, then you weren't over. Even Al Snow had catchphrases. That's exactly right. What does everybody want? Head. (laughs) There was a little choppy, choppy pee-pee sign there, too. I mean, mean, that that was like the eighth storyline in WWE, but Russo wrote for everybody. Like, here, you know. uh, What was the guy say? Indeed on SmackDown. Indeed. Yeah, Funaki. Funaki. I mean, there was Indeed signs. Someone had, like, it was like 20 friends in in a row. They had I, N, and then like D, and like 85, you know, E's. <laughs> How'd that get over? It's not even, that's not even important, but it got over. It was a catchphrase. Simmons hey, got one word over. Damn. Yeah. Damn. Bring a damn sign. Yeah, absolutely. Like everybody had them. Everybody had them in the 90s. Um, so, so you are approaching this. Okay, so give me your top five, Brian. Like, does Roman even register? If you were to give, like, if you were to say, if we were to change the question, give me your top five heels in wrestling right now, and you rattle them off quick, is Roman even on the list? He probably gets top five. There's Dom. There's MJF definitely gets there. I put Callis there right now the way he is. Yep. Yeah, I guess Roman probably is. I'm trying to think who else there even is. That's the, they're so bad at developing, you know, other storylines. What are Ronda Rousey and Shane Gunter, Gunter's, yeah. Gunter's not on your list. Yeah, I, I'd be good with Gunther on there. I think he's. I mean, Imperium is heels crowd. Yeah. again. More, more xenophobia playing into heels. You know, they're bad right. guys yeah, just because fair. they're European. That's true. Yeah. yeah, and they want to be heels. They're not trying to be anything else. Nope. Right, like, like that Imperium. They just want to be heels. Yep. So, so does that work? Um, I mentioned R- Rousey and Baszler. They they go for you at all. No, they are heels. Yeah, I have Roman top five. The outcasts. They want to be heels too. They don't care about being cheered. Yeah, Uh, they. I I guess don't generate enough heat for me in that department. They won't be heels to me because Tony Storm's part of that group. (laughs) (laughs) But like to me, the cool heels that like JAS are supposed to be heels, but we're singing along to you know the theme song and Daddy Magic's doing Daddy Magic things like. It's hard to look at those guys as heels. 
What you gonna do? What you gonna do? He's got a you, magic eight ball hat uh, jacket on. What is he? It's 1985. <laughs> He's a character. I love that guy. Yep. Which is why he can't be on this top heels list. Right. <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, I'm trying to think if we're. I'm trying to think if we're excluding anyone. If we're. If there's somebody else who we're just looking past that should be on this heel list. Osprey. Guevara, like, but I feel like he might be going the other way at this point. Well, I mean, by the time they got done with the four pillars thing, he was a babyface, right? But I don't know if he's going back to the Jericho Appreciation Society. Who knows? Maybe we don't see him or his wife since they are they announced that they're having a baby. I know they're months away from that. Maybe they just both go away for a while. Who knows? Probably, probably, yeah. Yeah, I think we nailed all the ones in modern wrestling. And again, I'm looking around the landscape. I can't. I think those are the main ones we see on television I mean, a lot. I I, I've had, I happened to notice that neither of you mentioned Austin Theory. Oh yeah. Oh, oh I guess I'd have to care. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> well, I mean, honestly, God, like, yeah, he's got heat on this show, but it's like after some after a while, it's like it's go away I mean, heat. <laughs> yeah, just like I don't even, I don't even, you know, I don't see him. I don't see him. <laughs> That's what he did there. Yeah. <sighs> Number three. Some big matches announced in the world of AEW and New Japan this week. Here some of them. AEW Collisions main event June 17th in Chicago. CM Punk and FTR take on Samoa Joe, Jay White, and Juice Robinson. And we have our first two matches announced for Forbidden Door on June 25th. The IWGP US title on the line. Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay, two. And also, Brian Danielson versus Okada. Which match announced this week are you most looking forward to? I am most looking forward to Danielson-Okada because this is the big... Like, it, Brian was hurt. He did not participate. Like he, We've been wanting him to be able to get some of these New Japan matches for such a long time. There was hope that maybe he would show up at the beginning of the year when we all still had our New Japan subscriptions and we were going to be tuning in to the big show in, in, at the Tokyo Dome, but he had to be in, in, in Washington that night for AEW. So he doesn't get to go over and do anything there. So the fact that he's healthy, the fact that he can now finally get some of the things and do some of the things that he wants to do with New Japan Professional Wrestling, um, it just makes me excited as a Brian Danielson fan. Like this is one of the big reasons reportedly that he came over to AEW. So the fact that he finally gets this big, ma big match with Okada, it has me the most excited for, even though I know the best match once we hit the ring is going to be Osprey Omega. So we're going to see these matches go about, you know, 30 minutes each. Uh -huh. We're talking about a four and a half hour pay-per-view and yeah. I'm all here for it because they're going to have to be classics. They're going to be new Japan like classics. Uh, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm going to go with Gabe and say that I'm looking forward to Danielson Okada. It's the match we should have seen. And so we're going to see it again, Kenny and, and Osprey. So, that matchup is interesting because I've seen that in New Japan, but I just know it's going to be different than what we saw before. I think there's going to be a, a different variety with that matchup, but I just know that these are going to be classics, and these will be matches of the year candidates before it's all said and done. And I know, I'm, I guess I'm just assuming, that we're going to get Kenny and Will again. Yeah. I, think, I think we're going to get a third match. I think we're going to get it in London. I saw someone point out, you know, the first one was in Japan, which is sort of like their adopted homes. This one in Canada, which is Kenny's home. And then you go to London for Osprey's home for round three. 
Uh, this is going to be in Toronto, correct? Yep. This mm-hmm. is door. Uh, tickets still available if we want to go, by the way. And I mean, a lot of tickets available. Yes, uh, it's not accurate. going well in it's not going well in Canada right now for AEW. They're going into new terrain. I mean, they've been to Toronto before, but they're mm-hmm. doing this Canadian tour, and uh, they need to get this hot pretty quickly. They well, that's the thing. I think that's why you get these matches announced. I agree with Brian versus Okada. Like, I pray they put him in bubble wrap for the next three weeks. Like, don't take any chances with Brian. Let him just do commentary. Oh, I think they've. I think they've established that, you know, especially with him, like the challenge being with the hung bucks going after the three that were in the ring last night of the BCC. I think they've established that Danielson is going to be on commentary. I mean, he's not as fun as, you know, uh, William Regal, but he's, he's close, you know, he's, he's close providing that commentary for the BCC. So I think they've kind of established that that's going to be his role. (laughs) Uh, One thing about AEW Whoever is the guest announcer are usually the better announcers in the company. I don't know why that happens like that. Like him, Jericho, actually better than what you hear. <laughs> like, get out of there, Shivani. Let Brian talk. You made some great points, right? He was talking about that six man with the BCC. Oh man, so it was. It, it wasn't best friends. What was it? What do they call it? Um, Ch- I mean, chaos. Chaos. Was, I guess, yeah. chaos. Yeah. I guess technically, even though I don't know, whatever. Because you, you throw Romero <laughs> in, and then, yeah, that changes. Yeah, it there's some. Yeah, there's some New Japan with. Yeah. So inside, see, so inside. Yeah. You didn't, I mean, I'm, Excalibur explained it, but there was no video package to explain it. Right? They no. just here. Here's this group. So, so it was best friends. So there's the one guy. Give give me best friends. It's it's Trent and it's Chuck. Trent Trent and Chuck. Yeah. Chuck Chuck Taylor is the worst wrestler on the roster. Wow. <laughs> I mean, you talk about you talk about not wanting to see him ever again. That guy sucks. He just does. Chuck Taylor is so no. Chuck Taylor is bad. Is bad. You know, there's a reason why he didn't wrestle singles because he's bad enough in tag teams. That that's why, I mean he I'm just like so your first move is a short a short pile driver was that was his first move like and so you couldn't win with that was that the first move on dynamite okay so if anyone needed to take the pin it's him doesn't do anything he's just a slug out there he just is I can understand if he was entertaining I don't even get that from him I get a black shirt and I get a guy that's just a lump of clay out there he is he's just sucks. <laughs> I'm I'm not Man. kidding you. Like, I'm not I, kidding I you. know. Like I feel I think you feel stronger about him than I do Jeff Jarrett when I see him on my television. Yeah. Chuck Taylor? I mean, do you feel anything when Chuck Taylor comes out there? I mean, but everyone's you, more everyone's more talented around him when Chuck Taylor is comes to the ring. Everybody. In correct. every match. Yeah. He's the worst in every match that there's is there. Doesn't do anything for me. Yeah, but him and Trent will hug Orange Cassidy and they do the pan thing out with the camera, and you gotta give the people what they want. That is accurate. I have heard that. He would be, I'm sure, the heavyweight champion in your indie fed. I'm sure sure he would with that black T-shirt. I'm sure he would. I mean, just doesn't do anything for me. I just like I I just I don't. Maybe it's just I don't get it. That could be. I don't get it. No, I I don't think there's anything to get. Because here's the other thing about here's the other thing about best friends. I don't get them. Like unless they're coming in Sue's van to the ring. (laughs) <laughs> yes. Like, eh. because they've they've had different injuries and then they've introduced Rocky, who has been Trent's tag team partner at times. And then that's the connection to New Japan and chaos and Orange Cassidy has been adopted. I don't know if if Chuck has. I don't know if Chucky e. T has, but the other guys have been and they're part of chaos in New Japan. Um, 
But yeah, they, they, they've, they've jumbled the best friend so much. And the fact that when if you go back and watch like one of the first two episodes of Dynamite, the fact that Orange Cassidy is the one that ended up being the star out of that group of three when they were initially introduced on AEW television is stunning because I feel like they really pushed best friends early. And Jay Hood, I just want you to know, former IWA Mid-South Heavyweight Champion and two-time PWG World Champion, Chucky e. T. Yeah, I'm sure he brought that. I'm sure it was sold out every time that he was had his championship reign, that guy. Nothing says indie like Chuck Taylor. Wow. <laughs> I mean, because I, I don't see anything. Like, I don't know what I'm watching yeah. when I see him. He doesn't do anything. And I don't you think see- they've told the story in AEW. Like, yeah, no. I've seen stuff with the best friend, and like we know they're close with the Bucks, but like, no, in AEW, it's one of those like, oh, just assume everyone knows who they are already. Um, I think this is the harshest critique we provided a wrestler on this show. Yeah. Well, there was Jeff Jarrett and Austin Theory. And Austin, and Austin uh, Theory. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to be, I mean, I just want to know every wrestler I see, if you're going to get over, is what's your gimmick? What's your deal? What do you do? And you hug the rest of the best friends. That's all I know about you. And you wear a black singlet. And you have Kentucky gentlemen on your ass. And I don't know what that means either. <laughs> Kentucky gentlemen. He sucks. It's a fair point. He it's sucks. A very he, fair point. I recoil every time he's on my TV. <laughs> the other thing, though, with these matches, like, it's weird to look back at, like, you know, you mentioned Brian Okada. Like, that's one of those fantasy matches that, it's still crazy we get Brian in a ring, but we're going to get that in the middle of this show, I'm sure. Like, it's not going to main event. It's going to be a random half hour in the middle. And getting Jay White and CM Punk in a ring together in a couple weeks, like, that's still something that's just sort of, like, hard to wrap your head around that that's actually going to happen in Chicago in a week and a half. Who's taking the pin? Juice. Rock hard? Yeah, that's what Juice is there for. <laughs> oh, that's, that's hard to say about Joliet, Illinois' own Juice, Juice, Juice Robinson. Yeah, you know what? Broads is right. That's what he's there for. Yeah. I just want to know what, what happens with Jay White from here because he's very talented. He walks in as a top five wrestler in the company, quite yeah. frankly. He is. Yep. Know, and this whole thing with Ricky Starks is also weird, too, because I thought Ricky was on his way. And now it's like he needs more tag team partners to – Gang up on uh, this brand here that they're fading on. They're Bullet facing. Club Gold. Bullet I'll tell Club. you what, like I, if they get a little more character work behind Jay White, like I, I'd, I'd be cool with Jay White going into the title picture. Yes. Like I just think he needs that. You, you just need more reason to care at this point. Right now, he's just upholding a New Japan stick, Bullet Club, which has been around forever, and people, like even even if you're more casual on the casual end of AEW fans, like you've heard of Bullet Club, right? Like so you can recognize it. It's something that you can you can you know recognize. So if you dive into more character work and start developing that a little bit more, I, Jay White could be in the title picture. I mean, hell, he could be next. He could Mr. be after. He could be after Adam Cole. Mister War of twenty twenty four. People have a bidding war. Okay, bye. Go to WWE. I want Jay White as my champion. Yeah. Seriously, that's how I feel. Like, oh, you keep talking about WWE. Okay, go over there, and they'll make you Max Freed, the ball player. That's what they make you. They're going to make you a left-handed pitcher. That's right. He'll be Abe Knuckleball Schwartz again, <laughs> just, like, just like they had in WWE. You're going to be Max Freed under under Vince. Don't All give right. him any ideas. 
Oh, goddamn, pal. You're on the juice? You're not very <laughs> tall. Seems like you got a good microphone. Why don't you do I, one of these shows? Why don't you do like one of those mid shows? Uh-huh. Be, yeah, that's and he he would be destroyed. He'd be making money, but he'd never be the same guy. Never. So, you, you we we mentioned Jay White. Are we excited for the return of CM Punk in the ring? I think so. Um. Well, yes, and this is how you do it: six man tag. You can hide. Yeah. I think that's okay. Just work him back in slowly. If it was a singles match, I'd be very concerned. I'm, I guess I'm just more excited and more curious because he's opening the show, right? I'm sure, yeah. Like he's, he's got to open the show with a microphone in his hand. Oh, he I'm has sure. to. Yeah. He has to. In Chicago, I'm, yes. I'm more excited for that. And I feel however that goes is going to end up dictating how excited I am for the main events of him being a six man tag. Well, here's how it goes, and you guys already know this. They open the doors at 5 o'clock at the United Center, maybe 4.30 United Center, and people already in parking lots at the United Center are going to say CM Punk, and they're going to be chanting his name and chanting his name and asking for ice cream bars and all this stuff, right? And so they're going to be having his merch. They'll buy his merch before the show starts. They'll have a, a line a mile long, two miles long at the UC. And so it's going to be all the CM Punk. They'll have the music playing right beforehand, and when the show starts – it's going to be like he never left in Chicago. Now, in Regina, Saskatchewan, I'm not so sure. No. <laughs> like, like in Calgary, I'm not so sure. But Chicago, it's going to be off the hook. There will be very few boos, if any, with CM Punk coming to Chicago, coming back to the but, UC. I mean, there are reports that, I mean, collision ticket sales have not been going well, right? Yeah. And One I of feel, the candidate shows reportedly is less than 1,000 tickets sold right now. That's I feel okay. if Punk can deliver – on that opening promo, and maybe this is just delusion out of my my head being a CM Punk fan, I feel if he delivers on that and he gets some of those people who have been lukewarm when his name has been said on Dynamite the last two weeks, if he gets some of those people like, oh, okay, this makes sense, and I can get behind CM Punk again, I think things can start picking back up in terms of those ticket sales. But that also puts a lot of pressure on that opening promo. Well, Jay Hood, you mentioned Jay White. Like, there are reports that maybe he ends up working a program with Punk. Are you okay with that? Because Punk obviously goes over in that situation. I don't think he does. Over Jay White? Yeah. You said uh, uh, CM Punk losing to Jay White? Yes. I said, would you be okay the other way? White losing to CM Punk. Yeah, if there's a return. Okay. (laughs) I think... (laughs) <laughs> I think White yes. White has to win the feud. Like I feel that first feud, I think in 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 order to get back in the good graces of some of the diehard fans, Punk's got to put someone over. Okay, that's fair. Oh, I think that would do wonders <laughs> for Jay White. Then, like if Jay White goes over Punk in that, like I think that'd be great for establishing Jay White to a new audience. I'm just doing a little research here, guys, while we talk. So this is according to WrestleTix. Uh, there's 2,200 available t- tickets. Right now, 2,200 available. They've distributed 8,000. The current setup is 10,214. I'm this surprised. Is the, this is at the UC? Yeah. Very surprised. Oh, the, but the, the setup is 10-2. Like, so it's not 15? Not 18? You know what? The the consumer's like, oh, Punk's back? Well, let me see what we're getting. Yep. Even in Chicago. That says a lot, doesn't it? It says, it says a lot. Uh, uh, <laughs> he... It makes me very nervous for collision suddenly. 
The the Dynamite Rampage show that's coming uh, June twenty first at Wintrust Arena, the home of DePaul and the Chicago Sky. The current setup is sixty two hundred, and they sold five thousand tickets. Okay, so they're trying to sell another thirteen hundred or thereabout. And of course, if more if there's more demand, they'll roll it back. But even sixty two hundred, that's not a sellout either. That's just setting up for what they're trying to do for. Uh, Dynamite and Rampage on Wednesday, June twenty first. I'll be there for that. If I if Punk delivers, I think they sell those twelve hundred tickets, no problem. If Punk It'd delivers nice, on the seventeenth, be nice for them to talk. Maybe you can sell more tickets that way instead of hiding him. Right. I mean, you're right. You put out that he's coming back. You put out that he's in a six man match. Well, right? I and now I, I think they're scared. They're scared of what happens if they put him in front of like like next Wednesday. They're like. Okay, one final push before our big show on Saturday. We're going to give CM Punk the microphone. But I think they're scared of what the reaction's going to be to CM Punk when you hear that static and that opening guitar riff of Cult of Personality. Can you do a pre-tape with him? Video. Video package. Yeah. That's how you always do it in wrestling. You always do the anticipation coming next week, and you have a nice little two minute video package, and then put the pre sale for the tickets because God bless, please buy our tickets. <laughs> help, help. <laughs> right? I, I just think that they've got a lot of riding on CM Punk. And if I had to bet on it, I think he delivers. But again, that could just me be being a blind CM Punk fan and understanding that everything that he's done in the world of professional wrestling, in my eyes, has usually been really damn good. Oh, so Forbidden Door is almost sold out as I look at this now. Okay. So uh, current setup is 12,972. And they say the resale is 1481. So it looks like they're going to be fine in Toronto for Forbidden Door. It wasn't like that last last time we were on the air, but it looks like they'll be good enough to be able to get there. I mean, those two matches alone are worth the price of admission. That should be the show, those two matches. Yeah, I, does, I don't need anything else. <laughs> does, does Punk get a match at Forbidden Door? Uh, uh, tag team match, six man, hiding him, eight man. That's how they like to do it in New Japan. Like, give you a good well, eight right. man. Well, I mean, the dream has always been him versus Kenta in the battle yeah. for in the battle for Go to Sleep. Uh, no, that's okay. Hey, if he is an older Punk, he will go to sleep for good. <laughs> That's okay. Keep du- keep ducking them in a nice, a nice, good six man, a good eight man. Yeah, totally I think Wembley's the goal for Punk. Like you got to be safe there. That's true. Yeah, you he'll be a draw uh, at Wembley, no question. What do we have in news and notes this week, Brian? All right, Fightful reporting that Brian Danielson, speaking of AEW Collision, will have a hand in creative for Collision. Dave Meltzer says the idea for Championship Friday on Rampage last week was actually a Brian Danielson idea. And like it was better than any mat, you know, night of you know, battle of the belts, night of champ, whatever the hell they called those special TNT shows. Like it was actually really good championship matches that they decided to throw on Rampage. Um, it Brian Danielson being more involved in your company and the fact that t- Tony Khan is willing to loosen some of his grip on it, that's only a good thing for AEW. Rampage was fantastic, fantastic. Uh, this past well, Friday. It's because the best wrestler in the world was on. Okay. <laughs> okay. Just That'll facts. be fine. That'll, that'll be fine. That'll be fine. Thank you. And it was Championship Friday. I mean, it's a big moment. Well, okay. Never mind about the uh, the bad. 
That's just, I, I just think they did a really good job. I think they did. A, I thought that at least there was a theme to it. Okay, was it real pure AEW against AEW? No, but you see, they're trying to give get ready for a forbidden door. So I thought it was fantastic. If Brian has something to do with that, that's fine. As I've told you guys over the months, um, before New Blood came into AEW, Tony Khan was booking everything, and that was a complaint. I'm like, got Big Show back there, Mark Henry, Arn Anderson. A wealth of knowledge. You're not talking to them, and yeah, it's you can preside over the booking, but you can ask. Don't just do this by yourself. And I think it's good that he's able to trust more. I think that's good for the company. Speaking of forbidden door, Sports Illustrated reporting that Tony Khan and Mercedes Monet did have significant discussions about forbidden door prior to her injury. Yeah, I think she was supposed to win the championship that Willow ended up winning. You know, the, that women's strong championship. I. I got to imagine that if she was holding some sort of championship that was associated with New Japan Pro Wrestling, she would have been a part of the show. Whenever she's healthy, I think it's only a matter of time. I don't think it's like a permanent thing. We should be a permanent member of the AEW roster, but I think it's only a matter of time before she shows up in AEW. When she jumped off the apron, because I watched that match, and she hurt herself, I just want to know the machinations of how that worked, right? How do you tell Willow, Willow, you're going to have to go over? What? <laughs> yeah, like, how, how does that work, right? Because you know how the match is supposed to go. I mean, she was, I'm sure Monet was a really, really strong favorite to win. This is no shot at Willow, because I'm glad that she got her opportunity, because she's a supreme baby face. She's a hard worker. She deserves this. But I just wonder, like, inside, like, how that worked, right? Well, uh, it was the referee Japanese. I think he was. So that's, yeah. that's the thing. Like, how do you because, tell him? Well, they yeah. tried to do a finish, and, like, the referee only counted to two. So they had to, like, do it again. And, uh, like, oh, I guess Willow's going over. Here uh, we go. One, two, three. Like, they had to – it was kind of a wonky finish at the end because, again, like, he was probably assuming that Mercedes was going to win, too. He's like, wait, are you sure? I have three. Okay, I guess one, two, three. I'll do it here. But um, got lost in translation there. I think. Yeah. Right. Because that's anyone else. Like, hey, tell her to go. That she's getting. She's going over. Yeah, that's not what the office said. Sorry, I want. I'm hurt. She's got to go over. Don't know what you mean. (laughs) (laughs) It's like. So I wondered about that. It was a hell of a match. But I'm happy for Willow. But we'll see Monet. That would have been the great backdoor way to get Monet in there. Yeah, without really being an AEW talent, ah, oh, mm-hmm. ah, that would have just made it for me. That's all right. She'll get an opportunity. She'll get another opportunity. Yeah, I feel like they can still work in a one-off. Like I don't know what the recovery is like, but if Wembley's even an option for her, like I'm sure she'd love to work that. I guess the last I saw was the injury was not as serious as initially feared. Okay. So, I mean, I, I guess I don't know what the timetable, but I would think that if if it's not as serious as you thought, Wembley could be on the table, especially if. Our hypothesis is true, and we get another New Japan Pro Wrestling person over there in Osprey. If you're going to be doing uh, Omega Osprey 3, it's not that far of a stretch to have another New Japan Pro Wrestler be represented there. Injury news. Mike Johnson of PW Insider reports Braun Strowman underwent neck fusion surgery this week. He is out for the foreseeable future. He has been off TV since March. Neck fusion surgery is always scary. Um I mean, we don't even know like how far up or how far down it is. Um, I do a show in Milwaukee with somebody who had neck issues, and that's why he ended up retiring from the NFL. Um, and that shit 
frankly, is scary. Like he's told the story of uh, he got released by Mark Chimura, who I do the show, Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. Check it out, ESPN Milwaukee, seven to nine um, a.m. Central Time. Uh, he was he he was released from the Green Bay Packers, and he was like just in the in the gym doing like a row, and he was supposed to fly out to Seattle to like go for a visit with the Seahawks, and while he was doing a row, like couldn't feel his hands anymore, like just couldn't, and just went oh. I'm done. And just like instantly knew that his football career was over. When you start talking about neck fusion surgery and that's ended the careers of many a professional wrestler, man, that it just gets scary. And you hope that he is okay. And at least that surgery can give him a livable life. Yes. And it's funny. We talk about Braun Strowman because he means so much that Milwaukee and that Wisconsin uh, community, because mm-hmm. he's, he's a Milwaukee guy. So, you know, his life has been so, so uh, blessed for him to be a wrestler. I know he stepped away from the WWE for a little bit. Now he's back, and um, hopefully he'll have a good quality of life away from wrestling. You know, if it doesn't if it doesn't work out for him, that's that's one thing. But I'm hoping the best for him because didn't we just go through this with Big E, something similar mm-hmm. with his with his neck issues, got his broken neck. So hopefully the best for him because he's very talented and really hasn't scratched the surface of what he could be. Mm-hmm. The cartoonish nonsense and Vince had him do is one thing, but that's a strong man. It's a big guy. He's entertaining. He's great with kids. He was actually a tag team champion with a kid. Uh, (laughs) Hope uh, the best for a big brawn. And finally, in news and notes, WWE announcing this week a multi-year partnership with Twitch. That includes a sidecast that will air each week with Raw, twitch.tv slash WWE to watch that. Kind of weird seeing as how they're banning their performers for being on Twitch not that long ago. And now they've got a partnership where they get to make money. Shocking. Shocking that this is the way that this turned out. Nick Khan is an absolute genius. He's finding, as my wife would say, value in the gray. Value in the gray. Like, we had this split screen experience before. Did we not with WWE? Do you guys remember this? It just You'd watch the TV and then it would be, I don't know if it was on WWE.com or if it was on Twitter, whatever it was, but there was always a second screen experience. Yeah, I think it was like a watch-along show or something. It was just a group of wrestlers in a room watching. Yes, yes. That's it. And Eric Collins uh, says that Twitch is better than Tout. <laughs> I believe that might have been on Tout, too. <laughs> might have been the case, yes. But, um, but nonetheless, pour, yeah. Pour one out for Tout. <laughs> pour one out for the homies at Tout. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, good for them because it's good because you want everyone to be involved in the WWE umbrella. They do a great job, man. That's all Nick Khan. That guy is a genius. And you think, oh, of course you would do something like that. Well, it wasn't obvious for the WWE. Right. They're doing things that they hadn't done in years to try to help the fans. So it's good for them. What was your match of the week? Non-Vikingo division, of course. <laughs> Vikingo's got his own division now. Yeah, that? I mean, if he's if he's wrestling on television, Vikingo's going to be the number one match. So it just goes without saying. We just you know list all the other ones. Gentlemen, there were so many good matches. I'll just start with Seth Rollins against Priest on Raw. You know, it's funny they say Vince was in Hartford. Of course, is a short drive from right. Stanford, right? And it's like, and I saw that on Fightful like an hour before the show. Like, oh shit! <laughs> and, and Vince was there with like benefactors and people from Endeavor. And so he's a whole group. And I'm like, I'm, I was thinking he's he had an office set up in the back for him. Like, oh no. Look what I'm gonna do! And actually, Raw was fantastic. Yes, uh huh. Raw was really good. Raw was really good on Monday. Yeah. So, so and Rollins and Priest, man, let me tell you, some of those near falls for Priest. I thought, 
hmm, what if? And that's when it's a good match, right? Yep. In, the, in the front of your mind, Seth's going to get over. In the back of your mind, boy, there's a lot of near falls there. They're making Priest, man. He's yep. going to be something. Oh, yeah. He's more than just that. He, he's going to be something in this company. Well, it seems like they're setting up the end of Judgment Day. So does Priest end up as the face there, and then he goes over Finn at the end? Uh, don't you think that Priest is a baby face? Is, is, is going to be a character baby face? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Soon? Yes. Yeah. yeah, so that's – to your to your point, bro, It's that's how it's going to happen. Because at some point, Finn's going to get on Priest's nerves. There's already a little bit of a disconnect right. there because Priest asked Finn, why'd you come out there? Like you right. said he was going to be the back. Is one-on-one. Why'd you? So already you see a little the, – the, the wheels are turning to, toward a baby face run for Priest. Uh, the other one I'll throw off, it was from Monday also. What about Guther and KO? Oh, that's, yeah, that yeah. was right. Guther versus KO, like, it, it just happened so quickly. Right. And I got it excited for it immediately. I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, KO is going to, you know, he's going to take some chops here. Uh-huh. But it is, this thing is going to be physical. And it is going to make some people uncomfortable. But it is going to be awesome. Uh, there's a lot of others from AEW as well, but I, let me just just give a short shout out to Rousey and Baszler. You may not like them, maybe you feel like they're not really pro wrestlers, but they gave a lot to Carter and Chance more than yeah. I thought. Actually, I thought oh, I was a squash match. No, nope. actually, those NXT girls, they now in WWE, pretty good. Gave them a little something. I said, okay, this is more of an even match than I thought it would be. So shout out to that match because I thought it was just filler, not bad. It's well, weird. It's only been a few weeks, but I feel like the NXT call-ups are getting be- treated better than when they used to call up the black and gold NXT stars. Well, and here's, here's I guess, the next problem. The fact that Braun Breaker is challenging Seth Rollins yeah. for the heavyweight championship, but Seth has to go to NXT for it. Now, if you're trying to build up... <laughs> The heavyweight championship as this equal championship, you know, we're trying to elevate it. Guess yep. what you shouldn't do? <laughs> Defend it on NXT. Well, all I know is that Seth Rollins is a veteran and you don't want to blow out a knee being on NXT. You, you know what I mean by that? Like, it's one yeah. thing for Cassidy to do it because he's a kid, right? He's still a young guy. I mean, veteran in the indies. But you roll him out there every week, he gives you a good quality match because he's young, he can take it. Seth Rollins has been in, injured before. Don't let him just go out there and be this workhorse champion on every show. Come on now. Come on, you got to keep him special too. You got to so reward those 600,000 that watch every Tuesday though. So they're going up to 615? Let Austin Theory defend the U.S. title there. There, that's your reward. Seth doesn't need to be in NXT. No. And by the way, and by the way, you bring Seth in to take on Braun Breaker to bury Braun Breaker. Right. Why does he need that match? See, yeah, don't do I, that. Nope. No. No. I mean, let, you are still waiting for him to come. Obviously, there's a reason why he's not on the on the main stage yet. Because he's had his baby face run, now he's going through his heel run, but there's no reason for Seth to take him on to bury Braun. Don't do that. That doesn't make sense. Nope. Because yeah. uh, especially if Braun's not coming back, like if Braun is still going to be in NXT, so he's got to just take it right from the fans. Like, hey, you lost to Seth. Blah 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 blah. You lost to Seth. You know he doesn't need that that heat. Doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, but I I sidetracked us from other matches of the week. You had some in AEW that you wanted to mention as well, Jay hood 
Uh, Bros, did you have one? I have several. I mean, the other one I was that you mentioned Orange, like him and Swerve. Like, yes. I feel like they're wasting Swerve so much. Like, there's needs to just be more for him to do. But anytime he's in the ring, you know he's going to perform. I thought that Swerve was going to go over yesterday. Yeah, I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be the end of the Orange Cassidy because it, it feels like they're trying to maybe do something more significant with Swerve, and that him winning that internet the international championship would be that next step. And I was a little surprised that he lost. Yes, I think that was the best match on Dynamite, actually, because the main event felt a little flat to me. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And you, you guys, you, you mentioned um, Gunther and and Owens. Even though I may, may not have liked the finish, I did like the match. Yeah. I, that's fair. And, and I, I guess I knew going in there was going to be some sort of wonky finish, right? Because they, they weren't going to have a Gunter lose clean. So you had to come up with something a little bit different where there's a bit of distraction, ends up being a roll-up on KO, and KO can absorb it right now. It's fine. Yep. Oh. <sighs> So much pro wrestling going on, and we'll see how CM Punk is treated as they continue to make that run-up. We are just nine days away from that debut of CM Punk. WWE continuing to build up. And by the way, I like I like the qualifying matches. It just it, it gives some of those matches more meaning. I like some of those things that they've done in terms of that for Money in the Bank. WWE continues to build on that. We'll talk yes. about it all next week. You know we will, right here. GKW. Stop bleeding, Preston Van.